0: You are now, now tuned into What If I Soar, Soar podcast. With your host, Dominique, licensed professional counselor and certified clinical trauma professional and owner of free to be counseling service. And Deveron, licensed social worker and certified life coach and owner of Social MacGyver the thought-provoking podcast that explores the complexity of mental health through a lens that does not require a prescription. We will explore a wide range of topics with engaging discussions and personal anecdotes that provides a realistic outlook while actively engaging in our own self discoveries Let's get ready to soar together.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode But What If I Soar? I am your co-host, Deveron, Social MacGyver. And I
2: am Dominique, Free-to-be Counseling Services, LLC.
1: We are so glad to have you guys tuned back in. Took a little break. (laughs) We sure did. Now we are getting back started. Um, so this episode is going to be in regards to uh, building resiliency. Um, so we'll jump into that after we do our intro. So while we get started, Dom, what is one high and one low of these last couple of weeks that you have experienced?
2: Yeah, um. So I started a new job. Um, <laughs> <woo>! <laughs> yeah, so, um, I had been working, um, as a, an EAP advisor for about three years, a little over three years, and it was a great, great job. Um, got to learn so much, um, the position really never, I, I never anticipated that. Everything that would encompass that role I was going to be entering into when I took took the role, um, and so I definitely appreciate you know what it provided me for those those three you know three years. However, I always knew I wanted to get back to doing direct care, and so um, some opportunities presented itself, and you know I'm um, you know just wanted to to dive back into direct care. So I started that at the beginning of. October. Um, and that's been going well. Um, so that's definitely um, one high. And, like, you know, when I spoke to uh, one of the hiring managers who is also a part of the team that I worked on, you know, he was super gracious and was like, you know, what did you appreciate about this role? Because there may be other opportunities for you to stay on and do some per diem work. So, you know, and, and he was pretty much was like, you know, if you ever need to come back, you always have a home here. So it's, I didn't leave the job because the company was trash. (laughs) You know, a lot (laughs) of these companies be trash. And I, I truly felt like had a a team of leadership that was just went above and beyond for us, Um, was super supportive. Um, You know, a lot of us on the team had children and they, you know, we all just, you know, worked together to to help each other out. You know, if people had to go pick their kids up during the day, if people, you know, kids had hockey games and, you know, you know, baseball, like anything. Like we we always pitched in and our leaders were just so good about jumping in with us and helping us out. And so I definitely, I'm hoping that this is, this new job and this new role will definitely provide um, those opportunities too. Uh, Because I, I think that sometimes, you know, having good leadership is like invaluable. You can't, you know, there's not a a high enough salary sometimes for the support that you really need um, when working in the mental health field. So, um, so that's definitely a high and, and it's going well so far. Um, another high was I just came back from Vegas, went to go see Usher. <laughs> um, so that was a really good getaway, me and my husband. And then Another couple of ours that we're really really close with um, went to go see um, Usher's residency. It was so good. I would definitely go, go again. It was it was it was it was great. It was definitely great. Um, and it just you know to see him perform at that level at forty five years old. I mean I know forty five is not old, but he's been an entertainer since he was like thirteen. You know, mm-hmm. so to see him have a career that you know, expands 30 plus years. And honestly, it just was a reminder to me that like, sometimes we get so worried about our careers and, you know, at 30, I need to be here. And it's like, you see him Beyonce perform at the highest level at 42 years old. You see um, Usher at 45. Tina Turner had to come back in her forties. Like, it's just a reminder that like, there is no time frame on when you're going to receive your flowers. And so you need to be ready so that you ain't got to get ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> because he's, he was, he's ready. Okay. He ain't got to get ready. Okay. And so it just was, you know, a reminder to me that like, take your time. Don't feel like you need to be in a certain place at a certain time in your life. Cause you never know when your work is going to be appreciated. You never know, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, but it was a great show, a great show. He, um, aside from his performance, just like the dancing and the, the other pieces that kind of brought the show together, I thought were just great. Right. So it was it was a really really great show, and it was nice to get away. It was nice to spend some, um, you know, time with my husband and and our other you know friends. It was just it was a nice nice getaway. It definitely will hold me over until. The beginning of next year. So, <laughs> those were my two highs. And as far as lows go, um, I
0: really
2: lows. I mean, I think just getting adjusted to the new job. It's not really a low, but it's just it's new, right? So I'm I'm still trying to get adjusted to um, the newness, uh, the system, and all of that stuff. Um, I had a friend tell me like when I when I go to another dog, I'm always so worried about the system. And she was like, But girl, everybody gotta learn the system. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? So um, that's the only thing. But I, you know, we spent our orientation learning the um, EHR system, which is the electronic health record system. And I feel like I got that down, you know. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time practicing the system. They created like a demo system. We were able to kind of go in and, and practice doing certain things and i feel like i ain't made no mistake yet so i feel like it's going well you know
1: <laughs> yeah some
2: mistakes you know i'll figure it out you know so um that's the only thing is just again just getting adjusted to the newness of a new job but again it's it's been going well so yeah
1: that's good congrats on starting your new job and seeing Thank usher you. that's a celebration yes. zone. <laughs> girl. Good girl. Can we get a little noise for Usher? <laughs> oh,
2: no, for real. I <laughs>
1: just have no. to say,
2: like, God, hey. <laughs> Look. Black
1: that, man man fine, okay? <laughs> no, that man is fine, okay. But no, yeah. It's good that, you know. <laughs> You're starting your new job, you're enjoying it, and you're taking your time because, you know, learning a new um, system and just being with a new organization, learning their culture and things like that um, does take a little bit of time, but it's good to, you know to not feel like you're pressured. And I like what you said about like these reminders, Um, you know, obviously we have like smaller reminders, but these major reminders that, you know, we put these crazy timelines and expectations on ourselves about when we feel like we need to accomplish certain things. And I think that it's always good to have these reminders of like, your time is your time. Like when things are meant for you, they will happen for you in the time that you're yep. supposed to. And sometimes if we are trying to rush things, it actually can mess up where we're supposed to be at and we can actually mess up our own blessing. So I think that mm-hmm. it's good to have these reminders that this, you know, invisible um battle that we're fighting is really one that we're putting on ourselves and like just yeah. enjoy life. Like just let things come and, you know, do the work, but honestly know that what's meant for you is meant for you and what's not meant for you may be actually a blessing in disguise.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just yeah, we put we put so much um pressure on ourselves and these expectations that really no one else has placed on us but us you know and so you know and and i only mention that about you know the entertainment business because you know it's a young person's game you know i mean when you Mm -hmm. get to a certain point you know they see you as you know disposable you know and so when you have people performing at such a high level um you know with a career that's still so far um and they're young. I mean they're they're old to the in the entertainment business but they're young to us. And so it just is a, a reminder that you just don't know what what life has to offer and and what you know what your career, you know, how that's going to look in the next 10, 15 years. You just you just don't know. So it's just like you know, do the work like you said, do the work but you know, don't get ahead of yourself, you know, cuz you never know how that's going to look. So yeah. You know. What about you? A high and a low for you over the past few weeks?
1: I would say um, a high would be I also started a new job. um, And it now is a lot different because I am traveling more. So Mm -hmm. previously in my prior role, I'm still with the EAP, but just a different organization. Um, I was, you know, I started off in the office. And then um, got able to, you know, be hybrid. Sometimes I work from home. Sometimes I work in the office. And then the pandemic hit and I was at home all the time. Um, And so having been at home for like three years, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to get back out there and be around actual humans. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's definitely a blessing to work from home, especially during a pandemic. Um, but one of the things that I realized is, and working from home, because you're at home, I typically would be working like, maybe I wouldn't take a lunch. Maybe I wouldn't be taking my breaks. I would work a lot longer than I would if I had been in office and be like, okay, it's time to go, like time to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, even though I would say I still had a good work-life balance, um, I definitely knew that I probably should go out and just be around people and just interacting. And I did miss that interaction with, with humans. Um, yeah. and so now with my current job, I've been able to travel. So I go to DC a lot. I go to, um, upper Delaware. I was just in Billy. I'm going to go to New York this week. So, um, nice. yeah, so I'm getting to travel and I am enjoying that. And Still do, you know, helping people, which I love um, and just like, you know, just grow, which mm-hmm. I am very excited about. Um, the organization that I went to is very supportive in professional growth is something that I am very, very excited about. It's something that I constantly am trying to pour back into myself and grow professionally, whether it be with, you know, certifications or other licensures um, or just getting a more education, um, and experience. So to be with an organization that actually is putting, you know, money behind these things, um, I'm excited about. I'm also excited to be with an organization that's very corporate and very large, but the benefits that they have put out for their employees and their employees' loved ones is really like, something that a lot of people need to get behind like you know they really are big on mental health um, and and making sure that their employees as well as their loved ones so anyone in the household is covered under the mental health um it's something that I really appreciate and then the other thing that I really love that I'm learning more and more about is they have what is called um NRGs. And I'm sorry, ERGs. And they are these employee led groups that are um, covering like um, diversity, inclusion and belonging. And so right. I actually join like every one of them at my organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like meet and they do like these really meaningful things and they give people space to feel like seen and heard and, and also nice. give people who, are maybe not they don't identify being with that group, but maybe they're an ally, right? And so, like, give yeah. them the opportunity to also be within the same space and learn from each other and hear each other's stories and just come to some type of common ground, which I think is again for a very large organization. I I know that diversity and inclusion and belonging is sometimes a buzzword, but to actually mm-hmm. see an organization put. Things in place and stand behind that. Um, I think that that's something that's very valuable and something that should be celebrated. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about it and and be more involved in it and just grow within the organization. So I'm excited yeah. about that. Um, yeah, another high, yeah. Another high is I am. I think I spoke about this a couple episodes ago, but. I am going to be being a seeker at a um, trauma uh, celebration for women. And so I just spoke with one of the organizers for the event, and she was telling me, you know, you get to set up a table, and if you want to bring, like, you know – things to promote your business, you know, we'll have an area for that. So I'm excited because I'll get to not only promote social MacGyver, which is my, my baby, but also this podcast, right? So, um, I'll have some material in regards to our podcast and like our social media page. So I'll, I'll be able to set up a little booth for that. Um, and then, you know, obviously giving a speech, um, And talking to a group of of women who are survivors and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm always a champion for anyone who's able to come through something, um, and come out the other side, right. And not saying that they're unfazed, but come through and actually be vulnerable enough to speak about that experience. um, even when you are still trying to maybe unpack all of it, right? Like you don't have mm-hmm. it all wrapped up in a pretty bow. Um, I, I love that. I love when people share their stories and their experience. So I'm really excited for that opportunity as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now that these are all great things and, um, you know, especially, you know, being able to promote the your your social driver, your business, your baby. And then, promoting the podcast. I mean, that'll be, that'll be great. Right. Especially too, because you'll be able to, you know, kind of show some of the women that like there is peace and joy on the other side of those, those situations that, you know, were meant to break you, but did not, you know what I mean? That don't necessarily have the power that they once did. Right. And so sometimes it's, it's not that we don't know that, but sometimes we we need to see like a represent a representation of what it means to truly have peace. You know what I mean? From those situations. And, you know, your your um, presence will be able to kind of provide that, which would be nice.
1: So we were talking about building resiliency. And one of the things that we thought would be very helpful is to give like a broad definition of what resiliency looks like. And again, you can find a bunch of different definitions in regards to resiliency. Um, This was just one that we both felt encompassed what we felt like resiliency was. Um, And so Dom, if you'll go ahead and read that definition.
2: Yeah, so, so, um, definition, uh, part of the first de- definition is the having the capacity to withstand or endure something, um, or to recover quickly from something that happened that's difficult. The other half of that is, One's ability to adapt to challenging life experiences or circumstances, um, and then overall, just having the ability of substance of a substance or an object to spring back or bounce back into shape, right? So, so again, resiliency can be you know about people, but it can also be about a substance or an object. So, um, those were the definitions that we you know. We thought that. Would kind of help to explain, um, you know, what resiliency is, um, and so um, generally, you know, we it's really though just making sure that it's it's about, um, you know, we we experience things that happen, um, certain adversities, both mental, both emotional, and there's a, a level of flexibility that is required for us. Um, to to tap into when we're looking to, um, you know, kind of build that resiliency muscle. Because again, you, you'll hear us say this throughout the podcast episodes that like everything that we talk about is about practice. It's a muscle. And in order for those particular skills to grow, it's about practice, right? So um, through my research and through our research, you know, kind of wanted to give some 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 details about, uh, resilience. Um, we, are not going to go deep into this because again, we want to just give you a bit of information. Then you can decide if you want to, um, you know, kind of do your own research around, uh, resilience theory. Um, but there is a theory, um, and this theory, it spans, uh, through decades. It has decades of research and it really is a way that, um, you know, the scholars who have kind of added to this theory helps us understand how human beings deal with adversity, right? And how they deal with hardships. And so there are three scholars, and again, I'm gonna make this pretty brief because I don't want, you know, we don't want to make this um, you know, the bulk of the the podcast episode, but um Michael Rutter, who is known um as the father of child psychology. You know, he had his own ideas about resiliency. And what he lamented um, was that resilience is not related to a person's psychological traits, um, but rather it's about a person's ability to adapt and to, um, you know, kind of maneuver in any kind of given situation if they have the right tools and if they have the right resources. Um, so that was that's the first scholar. Um, Dr. Norman. Garmidzi, if I'm saying that correctly, um, also well-respected in psychology, is known for her work in psychopathology and, or known for his work in psychopathology. And he shared that his ideas around resilience um, was that it wasn't about being brave and that it, it, it wasn't about being brave while you're facing adversity. However, it's about the quality of recovering and your ability to, um, have or tap into, you know, more adequate behaviors when you're facing emotional distress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, Emmy um, Warner is another individual who added a lot of information, a lot of insight into this theory. And she was known for um, a huge study that she did, a longitudinal study that she did um, with nearly seven 700 infants. And her ideas around um, resilience were that that she noticed uh in in her study in the study that she was a part of um that there were specific protective factors um and you know protective factors are things that protect you right from you know these adversities and so some of the things that she was able to identify in her study were that people who had a non-parent caregiver or caretaker um if 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 individuals were involved in uh, community groups, um, and if people had their own attachments to hobbies and other activities, those were protective factors that helped people to develop stronger um, and more adequate resilience skills. So, again, brief kind of overview of this theory. Again, if you have any additional interest, you know we definitely encourage you to do some more research. But again, that was what this particular resilience theory um, encompassed. Um, and so I think, you know, as me and everyone were talking, we thought that it would be great to kind of give this overview, but it would also be great to kind of help highlight what resilience is not right? Because again, when we think about um, culturally, you know, you know how we have attached ourselves to what it means to be resilient um, you know, there can be some mixed messages and there could be some um some potential challenges that we all might face when we're really trying to tap into what it means to be resilient. So, you know, we kind of thought we would share some some thoughts about what, what we think resiliency isn't.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we talked about that we felt was very important to acknowledge during this episode is that Um, especially for us both being minority women, um, one of the hugest and most resilient individuals on earth are black women. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that in saying that they are resilient, it at times can feel like it diminishes their experiences of of that resiliency right um and and also there's this idea of strength um when you talk about someone overcoming adversities, um and that has kind of developed this concept of oh you know this this person is so strong like they <laughs> they've been through so much but it it you know it doesn't impact them and i think that that's such a a red flag to me because just because you are resilient does not mean that you were not impacted at all by that experience. Mm-hmm. It means that even though you had this experience and it had an impact, you were able to still come through the other side, right? It does not mean that you came through and you were not impacted anyway. You do not have scars from that experience. You, um, That experience did not um, leave you with some type of uh, residue on you from that experience. Um, It just means that you were able to apply these tools to be able to come out the other side um, and that. You know, it definitely could have had a greater impact on you than it may have, um, but you were able to heal um, and come through it. And so, I think yeah. like that's one of the biggest takeaways that I wanted to make sure. And and me and Dom talked about this before this podcast was that we really wanted to make sure that we covered is that having resiliency and being resilient does not mean that you are, you know, this superhero, um, and that nothing can tarnish you or touch you, right. That you are just mm-hmm. armor strong. Um, that's not what resiliency is at all. Um, I, I would say that me and Dom are be- very resilient individuals and we have mm-hmm. had a number of different experiences. Um, that have molded and shaped us in different ways. And we have been able to come through the other side. Um, But it wasn't like we just like, (laughs) you know, had this experience and and it had no impact. We had to work, right. We had Mm -hmm. to apply these tools. Um, that allowed us to be resilient um, and heal and things like that, and so I really want to make sure that we're acknowledging that because I don't want anyone to feel like being resilient diminishes their experience. Um, yeah. And like I told Dom, there are kids who you know experience the Columbine shooting, you know, and although they've been able to prosper and you know live what they may identify as meaningful lives does not mean that that experience had no type of impact on their lives, right? Um, even when you interview some of the, they're now adults, um, some of the adults about that experience, some of them can't even talk about it without having an emotional reaction, right? Yeah. Um, and yet, they have been able to do the work and, and come out the other side. And so I think that it's really important that we highlight that. Um, and strength really can look uh, look different for different people. Um, yeah. But I personally think that if you have been able to experience any type of adversity and come through it, you are a strong person. Like, mm-hmm. you, you are a strong person. And you should wear that as a badge of honor because yeah. things that are meant to break you and, and don't um really should be celebrated by everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To
2: piggyback off of that, I remember watching, um, a documentary on, um, Hurricane Katrina, uh, came out maybe two years ago and it was called, I think it was called Katrina's kids or something like that. And it talked about the children who were impacted by Hurricane Katrina. Now, I think we, obviously we all understand the level of, of, trauma that goes into like experiencing a natural disaster. Um but you know the the natural disaster that happened specifically uh, Hurricane Katrina had a not it wasn't just a natural disaster but it was there was so there was environmental injustice that was connected to that. So many other things that we don't often talk about and in in the documentary the guy who directed and produced it he was um you know he was maybe 12 or 13 when hurricane katrina happened and towards the end of the documentary he had mentioned like you know we always say that people are resilient but we get to define that and it, it really struck home with me because we place this idea of resilience on children often without their consent right without them being able to kind of share like you know do I do am I resilient am I like I like you know we we don't give children that level of agency and autonomy to be able to even know what that means right we place this we're placing this big concept of being resilient on children who may not even understand what that means and are we diminishing or taking away that experience from them when we do that I mean because that's a that's a saying that we oftentimes say kids are resilient they'll get over it and while I do think in some ways that can be true, um it, are we giving them the space to even understand what that concept means? And can we be creating a complex around resiliency and how you get through things um, when we do that? You know? And so it, it just always struck me as it, it made it resonated with me and it made me think twice about labeling kids as resilient without really helping them understand what that even means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause I think to your point, it definitely can diminish people's experience. It can make them, you know, it can, it can make people minimize their own experience. Right. Um, you know, and, and again, if we talk about some of the, the cultural things that black people have had to overcome and are still overcoming in this country, um, in America, right. Cause I don't, you know, I don't want to assume that all of the listeners are from America, but you know, what we, what black Americans specifically have had to endure and still endure, um, it is important to, to have, uh, to have and understand the concept of resiliency and resilience and how do I apply that? Right. Because, Unfortunately, you know, there are going to continue to be things that happen that is, that will test us and that will, will test our level of flexibility, adapting. Um, what you often say is pivoting, right? Like how will, how will those things be tested? Um, and unfortunately, they will continue to be tested. We will be, con- we, will, we will continue to have to assess how we navigate, you know, and so, um, I, I want people to to realize that there there is some there is some level of like strength that comes from being able to overcome something so challenging um, but I want people to also realize that if you take a moment to feel your feelings that doesn't make you less resilient right it makes you more human right that you know resiliency doesn't mean that you don't have to acknowledge the challenges that you you went through or that you faced.
1: Uh, I think what you were talking about brings a lot of, you know, good discussions and ideas and concepts. And I think the thing you talked about, about the kids, I think a way of us saying kids are resilient, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes the way that that is used as adults is to, um, kind of take the guilt off of certain experiences that children endure due to adults' decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think that kids can get through things, but I also think that it's important to acknowledge for a kid to be resilient, they have to also be given tools in their toolbox to be able to process that experience, have it be acknowledged at the level that they want to acknowledge it, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Give them ownership of that. And then also allow them to apply those tools that we'll talk about later on in this podcast to Mm -hmm. help them to process it. Because I think that by just saying like, Oh, they're kids, like they're resilient. That does diminish what they experience, but it also doesn't allow them that accountability.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It happened to me. Right. And, I should be able to say how it impacted me. I should be mm-hmm. able to say, you know, what it was like to go through that. Um, and although, again, I can come out the other side, it's still a process, right? And, and I'm not going to minimize that for anyone, right? And mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that coming out the other side may look very different depending on the individual. And I think that that also should be taken into consideration that there is not a um, solid idea of what resiliency should look like for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How you come out the other side, may look different to you than it does to me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are applying these tools and you are able to, again, come out the other side and prosper Mm -hmm. in some type of manner, um, then I think that, again, that is being resilient. That is... Mm -hmm you know, having these experiences and being able to, to come through it, um, Mm -hmm. pivot, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think that that's important. So the first question that we came up with is how can resilience, uh, benefit an individual during times of adversity? And I'm going to let you start off with this. So what would you say?
2: (sighs) How can resilience benefit an individual during times of adversity? Um, Well, I mean, I think, you know, if if we go back to the definition, right, it's, um, you know, being able to get through something difficult, you know, being able to adjust and pivot to something. um, I think that's a benefit because life is going to continue to throw things at you, whether you plan for it or not. And oftentimes the things that happen to you are things you didn't plan for or things you, you couldn't kind of foresee. Right. So I think being able to tap into what it means to be resilient can make you, can help you prepare for moments and situations and circumstances that, that you couldn't plan for. Right. Um, because I, I, Also, I think that um, being resilient isn't like a, it's not a bad thing, right? And it doesn't have to always be around negative things or things that are, um, you know, sometimes the things that are challenging to deal with can be good things. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I started a new job, right? Mm -hmm. That's not, it's not a bad thing, you know, but it still may require a level of resilience, um, to help me get through that. Now, you know, this question in particular is talking about times of adversity, but I, I guess I just want to make sure that we are acknowledging that sometimes we need skills around resilience for things that are not necessarily adversity driven. You know, sometimes it, it is around, you know, I'm, I'm starting a family or I'm moving across the country, right? There's so many things that can be good mm-hmm. um, that still do require a level of skill, right? Resilient skills to help you get through that. So, but I guess on the surface, I just think that it it can just help prepare you, um, when things happen that, you know, are traumatic and that are, you know, adversity driven that, you know, you couldn't plan for and that you do need these, these skills to kind of get you through. Right. So, I think in, in that respect, that is the benefit, right? It can kind of help prepare you for all kinds of things because all kinds of things will continue to happen, um, you know, whether you um, are aware of those things happening or not. So yeah. what about you? Any Anything you would like to add to that?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for me, and I've I've constantly talked about this, is that there is no measurement of how many things you've been through uh, where, you know, life kind of just says, okay, you you hit your max. You're done. No, I'm going to leave you alone, right? Like, you know, you're at your max amount of adversity for your lifetime and and now I'm going to go on and bother someone else. I think mm-hmm. that in life um it ebbs and flows, right? There's there's constant changes. There's we don't have as much control as we think we do on on life. Yep. Um and so, you know, when things happen that or changes, whether it be, you know, losing someone, um, a, you know, a negative experience, um, changing to our daily functioning, something that we just were not truly prepared for. And it kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, and it is causing us to have to pivot, even though pivoting is, is often necessary. It doesn't mean that it comes, um, natural right it doesn't mean that it does not come at some type of cost or that you don't have to sit and think like dang like I don't kind of like this but I have to do it right um, mm-hmm. and so I think like in knowing that I think that that's one of the reasons why it would be beneficial to have a toolbox, Full of different tools to utilize because one thing you're guaranteed to hit in life is ups and downs. Like everyone mm-hmm. is guaranteed that. And I think one of the most false narratives that we have ever taught children is if you're a good person, good things happen <laughs> to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Boy. And although being a good person, good things can happen to you, it does not mean that you are then set off on this heel where nothing bad can touch you because you were a good person. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of great people who horrible things have happened to them. Right. Um, and so I think like that is one of the most false narratives that we've ever taught kids. and mm-hmm. um, It's something that we are still teaching kids, right? Like, Oh, if you're a good person, good thing yeah. to you. And, um, and so I think like giving them that, yes, Good things will happen to you, but it also means that you're gonna have some experiences, some experiences that are not going to be that great. Um, but if you apply these tools and you continuously are building in your toolbox and you're continuously you know reflecting and and being um, willing to pivot no matter what you're facing. And not saying that that is, you know, diminishing what you're experiencing. You have every right to, your feelings are valid, right? I think that that's another part of um, something that I want to talk about with resiliency is that your feelings are valid and it's important to know that and to validate your emotions of whatever you're feeling for that experience. However, you also want to learn the art of pivot because that can serve you very well and just living life like living Mm -hmm. life you're going to hit some type of adversity so having these tools are really essential in helping you continue to go through life or else what could happen is you don't have any of these tools you're not actively applying them you can hit some type of adversity which we all at some point in time will hit and then you could be stuck at a standstill right um and Life continues, but you might be stuck in a place where you're not progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be. And, and that's not to say that when you're stuck that you will remain stuck forever there. Mm-hmm. It just may mean that you have to now really sit in that place and start applying these tools to be able to get unstuck, right? Yeah. And there's some people who, unfortunately, um, if they're not utilizing these tools, they stay stuck for a significant amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not a, a good place to be in and, and it and it can build because while you're dealing with that adversity or that experience, life is continuing on. And so more things may be piling on in that stuck place. Um, mm-hmm. So that can make it even harder to overcome because now you have multiple things that are building up um, mm-hmm. and kind of making it a lot more harder to overcome and get through than if it was just that one thing that you hit, you know, you found, you use your tools, you overcame it, and then mm-hmm. you had a little bit of time to, you know, be on the up and up, and then you hit another thing. So you had a period of rest, right? Yeah. Um, and I think like, that's also something important to talk about when you talk about resiliency is if you're not applying those tools, life continues and you can have multiple adversities kind of building up which make it mm-hmm. a lot harder to get through and you might notice that maybe in the past you were able to use like one tool or two tools and now you're like literally like popping open the whole toolbox like look I gotta figure mm-hmm. something out I'm about to use right. everything in here mm-hmm. um I might have to go back to the drawing board and, and figure some stuff out but um it's just something to take into consideration
2: yeah yeah no i totally agree totally agree um one of our next questions is how do experiences of failure contribute to the development of resilience this is a good one i think any thoughts here
1: i would say failure to me and again it's all relative right like how we define Mm -hmm. failure but um to me, the way that I define failure, um, it gives me a foundation. It gives me a foundation of what the the bottom is, right, and how I can build back up, right. Um, and sometimes, if you don't actually try, you never know what that experience is, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And also, like when you talk about the toolbox, which we'll talk about later on, um, there's going to be things in your toolbox that, again, might have worked in the past. And, you know, you try it for this situation and it's just not having the impact that it did previously. Um, Mm -hmm. But you never know if you don't try it. Right. Um, Maybe what was once serving you no longer serves you. Right. You wouldn't know if you are not trying it to see if it is working out for you right um you know one of the things that i constantly talk about with my mom is my mom's journey of struggling with crack addiction she tried multiple things to to kind of heal herself and my mom had a lot of childhood trauma and you know even adulthood trauma especially with her addiction it led her to more and more trauma and she tried literally everything, <laughs> like throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to see what would stick.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, her trying different things was what helped her to finally get clean. There was not a one size fits all for her, and you know she tried NA, she tried AA, she you know did multiple rehabs, um, multiple different therapies, and. The love of her family, the loss of her family, um, so many different things. And I think that all of that contribute to her realizing that it wasn't a one-stop shop. There wasn't one solution to her answers of how she could get herself out of that, that rut that she was in. It was a multiple, multiple, um, skills, multiple tools that she had to utilize to get her to where she needed to be at. And so I look at that as not failures per se, but that she had to try different things to see what unlocked that door and mm-hmm. multiple things were not working uh, by itself. But when she put it all together, it helped her to get that key to unlock that door. And she was able to be successful. Um and, you know, again, anyone who's, who's dealt with addiction knows that, you know, relapses is, is, is part of the journey. Um, so there was times where she relapsed and things like that. But she always had that toolkit that she knew was there of what had worked in the past. And she was able to then go back to the drawing board and apply that when she was ready. Because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're not ready yet. Um, And then she would, uh, she would apply it and then she would be able to be successful. And Mm -hmm. um, I think like that, that's one of the things that's important is if you're not trying and you're not, you're not promised just because you try that you're not going to have, you know, be unsuccessful at times. You're, you're not like you, you are going to have things that ebbs and flow just like life. That's something that's guaranteed. But as long as you're trying, that's what helps you build adversity or not adversity, resilience, right? Mm-hmm. It's helping you learn what works for you and what's not working for you and going back to the drawing board and being able to pivot and and knowing, okay, this was serving me before it's not serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? Maybe you feel like you were comfortable in in that chaos, right? You were comfortable in, in being in that place. Um and so you sat there, maybe you felt like that's all you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the other part, right? Is that you sat and you experienced something and you felt like, you know what? I deserve all that's coming to me. And so I'm going to sit here for a little bit and, yeah. and self-pity and, and, you know, maybe I feel like I am a victim, you know? And so you have to play that take back and, and know what your failures were in order to know what is going to be your successes. So mm-hmm. I think like that, that definitely is important. And, and you know, when you look back, also I think reflection and acceptance is is a part of um, your toolbox of um, being able to look back and and finding a lesson in in those experiences. I think that mm-hmm. also helps build resiliency um, as well.
2: Yeah. Um. You know, it's very similar to you. I do think that. F- our ideas of failure um, are relative. I'll say for me in particular, um, I avoided, I avoided failure. Um, You know what I mean? I think it it played so much into my fears um, and my issues with perfectionism. Um, And so oftentimes, in my life now, I th- I feel like as long as I didn't try, then I couldn't fail, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. As long as you don't put yourself out there to do something that you want to do, that you are, you know, uh, that, that you have this desire to do, as long as you don't do it, then there is no room to fail. Um, and I think for a large part of, of my life, um, I did have some experiences like that, you know, where I just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, I just was like, well, I'm just not going to do it, you know, and I don't know if that I didn't think I could or I didn't think that I could bounce back from what it would mean to fail at something. Um, but I would say I'm so much more connected to growth and like growth doesn't happen without failure, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, currently, um, and I, I'd say for I don't know, maybe like even like the last five to seven years, like I just have had a different understanding of failure, and I think because I'm I am invested in growth and invested in just recognizing that, like, if you do everything perfectly, there is no room to grow. There is nothing else to learn. What is the point? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really, what what is the point of living life every day if you do everything right, you do everything perfectly, you don't make any mistakes? That's a boring ass life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, to to not have any lessons. Like, there are no lessons for people who get it right all the time. You know, like, and I've learned that, um you know if i'm looking specifically at experiences of failure and how does that help develop your resilience it, it helps you because you you then learn skills right you then create this toolbox that says okay when you fail in this way here's what has been helpful because because, because again right You can't practice you you can't even know what's gonna help you get out of failure or out of the feeling of failure if you never fail, right? You, you, You know, so all of these things are needed for our growth, you know, like you you can't know what skills to use around anything if you don't allow yourself to experience those things that are not warm and fuzzy, right? That that don't make us feel good. You know, because again, they don't make us feel good. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about this as we talk maybe a little bit about kids a little bit, but like part of the challenge that, you know, I think that our kids have currently is that we're not helping them understand that both things can be true or multiple things can be true at the same time, right? You can feel failure and feel embarrassed and feel shitty and also, be able to like rise above that. That that doesn't have to define you, right? And so that's that's kind of what I've learned in failure is that like they're just experiences. They're they don't define me in my entirety, right? They don't you know I am a multifaceted individual who has lots of different experiences. Some I may classify as failure, some I may classify as success, right? And it just it just you know once I've I've learned to kind of see life in that way it makes it more freeing and I don't have this sense of like you know fear you know around what failure could mean because I know I have the tools to get through it you know so I just think it's failure is necessary for life in general you cannot have a meaningful and successful life if you are only (laughs) living with rainbows and sunshine it just this just life just does not work like that and I wish it did you know what I mean I wish that I could avoid you know those tornadoes and those hurricanes but it just I, I just know that life is just not it's just not built like that and and you know, so what's most important is like, how do I develop the skills to help me get through those moments that are tough and overwhelming because I don't have to stay there? You know what I mean? And that's really what resiliency is about. It's about, you know, how do I help myself not stay stuck in what has, you know, been maybe a failure Have that has you know, maybe been a traumatic event, you know, that has whatever, you know, you identify um, adversity as, right? It's, it's about the skills. How do I help myself get through those experiences? So that's, for me, um, how failure and resiliency are, are attached.
1: I like that. I like that. Next question is, in what ways can building resilience improve mental well-being? So, I, I, I yeah. Like what,
2: what are what are your thoughts there?
1: Um. So, I am someone who, again, like I feel like me and you are very, you know, resilient individuals. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, again, life—you're not promised a life that is just rainbows, butterflies, and you know this. Uh, knight in shining armor coming to rescue you and slay all your dragons. Like that's just not the reality uh-uh. of the situation. Nope. Um, and so I think for for you to be able to be prepared as much as possible, um, because there's things that's unexpected that's going to hit you. Yeah. But I think that in order to deal with the ebbs and flows of life, I think having a resilience. Toolbox that you can go back to and utilize when life is ebbing and flowing is so essential to just functioning as a human. You know, I think, you know, we are guaranteed stress, we are guaranteed experiences that we did not ask for, right? Um, Yeah. And I really think that it's so essential to living a fulfilling life to have these tools because. You're these things, right? Um, You know, one of the things that I often think about in my journey of being resilient was um, when I was a senior, I had decided that, you know, someone had told me that I could go to college and that was not in my head because, you know, I grew up very poor and my life was just crazy. Um, And I wasn't as focused on school as I should have been. Um, and to be honest, my older sister was way more into school. Very like, she just was like, everything came to her easily when it came to to education. And mm-hmm. with me, I was not focused. And so like, when I thought about college, I really thought about her going to college because, you know, she would get scholarships and things like that. And so when the idea came into my head that I could go, I was a little behind the eight ball, right? Um, and so I remember I decided this notion in my head, I was going to go to college and I did not have a, a real clue about what it took to get into a college or anything like that. But I knew I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, I talked about this during our last episode, but when I graduated on my day of graduation, my mom relapsed and she had to relapse for a while, but she was hiding it and it was a very significant relapse. And so it kind of caused me to leave in a, in a hurry. And I left Pennsylvania, went to Florida with my cousin, and I had this idea that I would go to a college in, in Tampa. And I didn't have a social security number. I didn't have a birth certificate. I, I don't even know how I got on the plane at that time because 9-11 had happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I didn't have nothing. I didn't have an ID. None of that. Like, none of my Like, FAFSA. Like, we were taught about FAFSA, but I didn't have my mom's, like, income taxes. None of that. Nothing. And my special self knew I was going to college.
2: <laughs> you okay. said, I'm going. I'm going.
1: Girl, uh, just naive. And what transpired was I was not able to go to college right away. Like, I, I had to, like, go through trying to get your important documentation. Girl, first of all, Pennsylvania, <laughs> Mercer County is so backwards. At the time, you could not get paperwork online. So I had to get my birth certificate. And I was calling family to go up to Newcastle, Pennsylvania, statistics. <laughs> to go and get my paper birth certificate. They had to pay for it. It was, it was hard to get that done. That was like pulling teeth. Um, that took a while. Then I had to, to get your social security card, you had to have identification. I didn't yeah. have that.
2: So, so backwards.
1: That was took a while. It took a long time. And I couldn't get a ID because I didn't have my birth certificate or a social security card. So it this plan of me going to college was, in theory, was a great one, but it was filled with failures. It was filled with failures and it was filled with so much adversity, so much trauma like jumping over this hurdle to get hit with another hurdle. And I just remember one day I had called my stepmom and I was like, literally broke down in tears. And I was like, why is it this hard? Like, I'm trying to do something that I know I need to do. And I want to go to college. And I know it's important. Like everyone tells me like, you can't be successful without going to college. Like, you know, why is it so hard? And she was like, Because it's hard because when you get to it, you'll appreciate it more. Maybe you're not ready to go to college right now. Maybe you had to go through these things to make you work for it. Maybe it's not where you just go and click on something and you get into it because maybe you're not going to appreciate it the way that you need to, right? And at the time, I was mad she said that to me. (laughs) (laughs) But... It was true. It was true like I had to go through some stuff to get to it because when I finally got into college you couldn't take me off track. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was working a full-time job. I was over there hustling like I had to get certain grades. You know, I had friends we wanted to go hang out. I had to make sure I had my school stuff together before I went to go cuz now I had this new sense of freedom. I had money that I didn't have before. So I had all of these things that could take me off the course, but I had worked so hard to get there that I was like, nobody is knocking me off this course. Like nobody, Mm -hmm. I fought too damn hard to even get in the door. I'm not about letting nobody take me off this this road, right? Mm -hmm. And now that I look back, I'm so appreciative because Not only did it serve me to get into college, but it served me to have that mindset to continue after my, you know, bachelor's to go into a master's program, to get out of a master's program and then continue on and getting my licensures and different certifications. And now that's the mindset that I have when I am pursuing something is that I don't care what's coming my way. I'm going to do it. Like, even the whole thing with my hours for my LCSW, mm-hmm. you know, all of that turmoil, it was like, yes, this is, is pissing me off, and yes, this is difficult, and it shouldn't be this way, but, like, this is your journey. Like, this is your journey, and you're going to do it. Like, regardless of what the the trials and tribulations are, I'm going to get through it, And I and there's no other way around it. Like I'm going to do that. And I think like that has served my mental health well, because I I just always play that back to what my stepmom has told me is like, you're not promised an easy life. Like just because you had hardship and you think that other people, you know, you don't know their journey. You have to like, it's your path and like, you just have to go through it. And I think like that prepares me for any type of adversity that I face is like replaying that tape of like what I've been able to get through and what I have experienced and knowing like, even if this is the most difficult thing I'm facing at that time, I am replaying that tape back like, girl, remember who you are. Remember what you've been through. Like nothing is guaranteed in this life for you. You have to make it yourself. So let's let's get off our pity party. Like you could be mad, you could be sad, you could feel those feelings, but then let's get to work. Like let's quit playing. So I think like resiliency for me is a part of who I am because that's how I look at every every situation. Is I'm a feel the feels. I'm acknowledge it. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be happy about it, but I'm going to push through it and there's no other way around it. Like I, that's just who I am. And so I think like it has served me as far as my mental health. And I think like, if, if people look at a problem like that, of, you know what, this sucks. We're acknowledged that we're going to sit with our feelings for a little bit, but we're going to also find a way that we can't sit here long. Like we can't be here. Um, We're not welcome to sit here. Um, I think that that will help them to push through no matter what they're facing. Um, and like I said, life—you're not guaranteed an easy life. Like you're not guaranteed that you've you've hit your maximum amount of adversity, and so there's, it's going to leave you alone. Sometimes life hits you hard m- multiple times. Like I mean, she When you think about losses, I got hit with multiple losses back to back to back. Life was like, we don't care. You just lost your mom. Here's another one. Like here's another one. Um, you know, and I didn't have no choice but to to push through it. Um, so that's that's the way I, I look at this as, as far as like resiliency and being able to to pivot, the art of pivot will serve you well when you're dealing with just your mental well being. Um, because you are guaranteed ups and downs in life. That's one thing you are guaranteed. What about you?
2: I don't have shit to add to that cuz I think
1: <laughs> when
2: you said you said something and I was like that is probably the thing that I've not been allowing to resonate is you said something like um this is the, these are the things you want and this is the journey to get there. The thing that I think that we don't often recognize is that we have all these goals, these things we want to accomplish and we, we, we don't know what the journey is going to be to get there. Should the journey, I guess the question that I, I'm asking myself is like, would my goals and ambitions be different if I knew what the journey was going to be to get there? You know what I
1: mean?
2: It is because I just kept thinking like, damn, you don't know what the journey, I mean, we we have all of these things we want to do in life and we we will never know what the journey is going to be to get there until the journey is over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when I think about, you know, different goals or ambitions that I, I had in my life, I never knew what the journey of that was going to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so, would my ambitions, my goals, my, you know, the, the things that I wanted for my life, would they change if I knew what the journey would be? I think it's just a good question to ponder, you know? And I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I don't think the goals would be different, but I don't know. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, I think it's just a reminder to consider that, you know, you also said like, you're not guaranteed a, a like a easy life, you know? And it, it, it Part of me felt like, damn, we're not like that sucks <laughs> right? because we're not like, there's nothing that says when you are born that your life is guaranteed to be simple and easy. And it's not that I think that we all want that. I think that oftentimes we have bought into this idea that if I'm a good person, my life is going to be easy. If I show up, right.
1: If I show it is
2: right. If I show up, you know, being nice and being accountable, being agreeable and just being easy, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And just, you know, going with the flow and not making any waves and like being helpful and like just, you know, like my life gonna be good. And it's like, no, it just, and I think for a long time, I wonder if that impacted me you know what I mean impacted me in a way that impacted me in a way where I didn't have that reality check I didn't have and don't get me wrong my mom was very like she's she was very like she's a realist you know what i mean she mm-hmm. never painted this picture that i needed to be this good person and if you're a good person your life is going to just be filled with all of these great things like she didn't do that mm-hmm. but it's it's just the messaging that you get right because 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 the thing is like we decide who is deserving and who isn't we yeah. get the you know society decides that this person is is X, Y, and Z. And so they're deserving of these things. And this person who did those really bad things are not deserving. And we mm-hmm. never consider like what it took for somebody to be good and what it took for somebody to be bad. Like we don't ever consider any of those things. Yeah. And so I think it's just a reminder to to realize that like no matter how good or how good or how bad you are, like, that's not that that's, that doesn't have anything to do with like the way your life is going to pan out. It 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 just doesn't. Life just doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? All of this shit is luck in lots of ways. All of this shit is serendipitous in lots of ways. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's the only thing I would add is like, I just, I just never, that, that was like the kind of the message that I wish I would have had, like, you know, you want these things and here's the journey to get there. Like it might be bumpy. You know what I mean? Like, like, is that going to stop you? Yeah. Or is that, or are you going to figure out a way to keep going? Like, that's just, I think that to me in a nutshell is what it means to be resilient is like certain things shouldn't stop you from having the life you want. And it just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would add to that. I just got some revelations that I wasn't really expecting.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you that that shaped my mindset so much, and I think I now go into it with the expectation. Even with the kids, I I tell them like, this is what you're guaranteed, right? Like you are guaranteed hardship. You're guaranteed highs and lows. Um. Don't sit with that falsehood of if you're a good person, good things happen to you. It is important to be a good person. It but it's is. It's also important to have that other idea come out that life is going to life. Like, you know, kids are some of the best people because they haven't been, you know, tainted by the world and, and experienced. Yeah. And yet, you know, kids can experience some horrible crap, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even just the kids that we have in our household, I mean, they've had back-to-back losses. Um, And yet they are so great and, you know, continue to push forward. But I also make them well aware of like, this is your journey like this is what life is it ebbs and flows and you have to be willing to be reflective and pivot and build up your toolbox because there is no knight in shining armor there is Mm -hmm. no fairy godmother who's gonna come out the woodwork with her little magical wand and wave around and you know turn stuff from pumpkins into a carriage but there are people that you can build into your community who you can rely on and who will be a part of your community to help you get through, you know, hardships to be that reflection. Like we talked about our last episode, our friends, you know, those Mm -hmm. are people that are a part of our toolbox. You know, my stepmom, a part of my toolbox, um, you know, your spouse, whatever, your significant other, um, you're a teacher who invests in you, you know, those are things that are reminders of look at who you are, what you've been able to overcome, Mm -hmm. keep pushing it forward. Because like I said, our journey, even though we have these goals and these wishes and things that we're pursuing, we have no idea what that journey is going to look like. That's something that we're not promised. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to be willing to accept the ebbs and flows of that journey. And be willing to dig into your toolbox when needed to apply those tools to get through it.
2: Yeah. No, well said. Yeah. I got some, I got some revelations that I wasn't (laughs) expecting, but I mean, you know, like it's, I'm never done, you know, I'm never done growing. I'm never done being enlightened. So I, I am appreciative of, of that perspective because gave me something different to think about, you know? The so,
1: yeah. of Prissy P. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I think we touched on like the other questions. I think we kind of touched on it for sure. I mean, we have a question here about like, how can parents and uh, educators and adults that are interacting with kids help foster resilience? I think that conversation right there that you just said you had with your nieces and nephews, like that's a prime example of how you help people realize like, Hey, you want to be on the spelling bee? It's not going to be easy to get there. Now, what you going to do? You going to sit there and be sad about it or you going to get up at two o'clock in the morning or work on the weekends to, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's giving people options, right? You know, because people get, people also get to decide that, you know, that is too tough for me. I don't know if I want to pursue that. Right. But I think giving kids options and giving them an ability to make a choice from an informed place is not something that we often encourage. Right. So I think your explanation of how you, you know, support the kids um, is definitely um, one that I will definitely, you know, be taking. Cause I think it's, I think it's true. I think it's definitely true. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else here. I think, I think we've touched on much of this, the questions, yeah. Um so we can talk a little bit about tools and 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 I think we kind of touched on some of the tools as well. Um so I will say and again this is not an exhaustive list as far as tools are concerned, right? Mm-hmm. But these are just some tools that we thought would be uh really helpful, could be really helpful. Um and the one thing I will say and you can, you know, piggyback if you want, but the one thing I will say is um these tools, anytime you're using any tools to help you manage any kind of thing, whether it's, you know, going through a hardship, going through a traumatic event, going through some type of adversity, having depression, experiencing anxiety symptoms, going through a breakup, these skills, you you want to be practicing these skills even when you're not experiencing something like this, right? Mm-hmm. And I say that because... You want it's harder to when you're going through it, we as people are creatures of habit. We would just go back to the shit that we've been doing, right, and a lot of that stuff may or may not be good right It may or may not be appropriate may not may or may not be helpful right so try to make some of these tools around resilience tools that you can use for lots of different things right throughout your day. Um, throughout your life experiences, because they will be easier to access when the time comes to actually need to implement that particular skill. Um, and so acceptance is, you know, one I thought was really, really insightful and helpful, right? You know, oftentimes for me, I can say the moments when I was able to accept that my life circumstances were what they were um, and that they were just a part of life, right? Setbacks, similar to what Debra was talking about, right? Setbacks are just part of it. We are guaranteed stress. We're guaranteed ebbs and flows. We're guaranteed rainbows and butterflies. And we're also guaranteed tornadoes, right? We're just guaranteed those things. And so the moment you can accept that, you can say, okay, this is where I am. This is, this is, this so is what it's hitting for right now. So what am I, what am I going to do? You know, Um, you, you, and you cannot have one without the other. You cannot have rainbows. If you don't have tornadoes, you won't appreciate the rainbows. If you don't have the tornadoes, exactly. think about the, 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 the things in your life that you've experienced, the hardest things that you've experienced. And when you got out of those things and had something beautiful and, expansive, right? How much more did you appreciate it because of the hardship of the, of the journey, right? Getting there, right? So again, acceptance is a, a, a really, um, a a good skill to implement, um, as you are navigating, um, adversity because it can really help put things into perspective.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think acceptance of just, you know, this is where I'm at and this is, this is my journey. Um, it, it brings the acknowledgement and makes it reality, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can create this falsehood of, oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, wish mm-hmm. I didn't have experienced this, you know? And if you find some way of accepting what the situation is, um, you are then able to see it in the true form. And mm-hmm. then you're able to figure out how you then come through it. Um, yeah. If you are creating this illusion of diminishing it or making it seem like it's not really what it is, then how are you really going to be able to apply any real skill mm-hmm. to through it if you're not fully acknowledging what it looks like? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, again, I'm sure we all have experienced things that we wish we didn't but the reality is that it, we did, right? This is what mm-hmm. it is. This is what it is. How do we then get through it? Um, yeah. so I think acceptance is, is definitely important. Um, and with acceptance, I will say it also teaches you something from that experience. You learn something from that experience. And I think that that's also valuable in acceptance Very. is that you get a takeaway that you then have this knowledge that you would not have had without that experience. And then in future situations that you may come across, now you have this new knowledge that you can then apply okay. um, to further yourself and getting through other situations. So I, I like to add that little um, idea onto acceptance is acknowledgement and also the lesson that you learn from that experience. I think that that's important. Um, The next tool is realistic goals and expectations. Um, Make sure to set goals that are manageable and celebrate um, your achievements, right? Mm -hmm. Celebrate the process of getting there. And I think a, a big part of that was like, like I said, me getting into college. I did not have realistic goals or expectations, <laughs> right? I did not. But yeah. To be clear, I was really naive. Winging it. Uh, uh, winging it. <laughs> reality came was like, boo boo, right, <laughs> right. What is really like? Um. But in doing that, it allowed me to come back to the drawing board and set realistic expectations and realistic goals. And as I made milestones towards those goals, I was able to celebrate that, right? Mm -hmm. I was able to say, like, maybe it's not where I just wake up tomorrow and sign on and submit this paperwork and I get into college, right? my process is a little bit different, but each thing that I was able to get that got me closer to that degree, I celebrated it. And I think like, that's really important is to sometimes look at a goal and have smaller milestones to get to that goal, because then it makes you appreciate that journey. And it makes you also to see the progress because sometimes we can get so focused on a goal. And that goal could be huge. Like it could be a huge goal that we're not really acknowledging the movement that we're making towards it. And mm-hmm. the goal is just so huge that we're just like, dang, like I'm doing all this work and I don't see any progress. But while making these smaller milestones, you're able to look back and be like, okay, I started off here and now look where I'm at, right? Yeah, I'm closer mm-hmm. to the goal. Am I the closest? No, but I'm I'm much closer than I was when I first started out. So I think Absolutely. like having that, is definitely important and that helps you with building that resiliency because you realize that you're not where you're at when you first started and mm-hmm. you are making progress and again with any type of adversity or challenge it the process may take some time it's not where you you know you wake up tomorrow and you're just like over it like that's not the reality of the situation but you can look back and see that you are making progress of not being in the same place you were stuck at, you know, before. So I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely important.
2: Yeah. Next one we have on here is staying connected, right? One thing that we can often, you know, minimize is our, our community, right? Our, 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 our village, right? And so stay connected with those people, um, Stay tapped in, right, you know, utilize your supports as much as you can, and so whether that is just your friends and family, whether it's like a sp- actual support group, um maybe people who are also doing similar things that you're doing and you know utilizing support from them, encouragement from them to kind of help you navigate that um you know we we what I've learned and what i I hope that we stress through some of our episodes right is that like we don't get through this life without people we don't get through this life without support and you know we don't get through life alone you just you just can't right and so the the sooner we can just accept that that is just part of life part of life is developing a a a community a a village if you will right then the the less challenging life can be because life going life life going to be challenging if it's going to be challenging i need to have some people with me you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like it's gonna be challenging so why do that shit alone like that's dead i don't, I don't want to do that you know so get your folks create your community create your village and then use those people and i don't mean use them like only when things are going bad but just you know recognize that like life is more meaningful with People again, we're social creatures, right? We are animals, but we are social creatures. Um, and we are meant to be with people, we are meant to commune with other people. And so keep that in mind um as you are just going through life's journey, right? What does what does your support system look like? Um, how can you utilize your support and how can you also be a support to somebody else?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you build, you know, you build each other up. Like we said, you know, when you are faced with adversities and challenges, it's not that because you are resilient that they have no type of impact on you. Um, you. You do need a community. You do need people who remind you of who you are. Like I said in the previous episode about friendships, you know, my friends were able to hold a mirror up to me at times where I was very low and remind me of who I was and what I've been able to overcome. Mm-hmm. And that served me, that helped me to kind of give me that jolt of, girl, like, let's come on.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, your community definitely is something that you want to make sure that you're building. And again, it can look however you want it to look. You know, you are the person who's able to build up that community, but you can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely important. Um, The next is take action. As much as you can, try and stay connected to what's going on. Um, Obviously, taking moments of care for yourself when needed. Um, So, again, you know, you're not on an island. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. know what's going on. Check in. Check in with yourself. Like, um, Mm -hmm. if you are not checking in with yourself, that's something that you definitely want to add to your toolbox. Knowing, you know, taking temperature, knowing when you need to rest, knowing yeah. when you need to drive, you know. Um, one of the things we say in this podcast is that we are soaring, but sometimes we are gliding and then sometimes mm-hmm. we are, you know, soaring and and there's nothing wrong with that. Um But we're never stopping our flight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely taking moments of checking in with yourself, checking in with your community, Um, you know, maybe you think that you need those those moments of reflection with yourself and reminders of the again those milestones you know maybe you feel like you're not progressing maybe you feel like you're stuck and you have to take a moment to look back and reevaluate the situation maybe you have to pivot again you know mm-hmm. uh, like I said I am the queen of pivoting I love to pivot Um, so just having those moments of clarity and and honesty and vulnerability as well, Mm -hmm. um, is definitely a part of tools that you want in your toolbox to help you build that resiliency.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The next one is creating a
2: positive view of yourself, right? When we go through these, you know, moments of adversity, it's very easy to turn that shame up. You know what I mean? Um, Turn that judgment up. And so, in moments where you have, you know, experienced something difficult and challenging, you want to make sure that you are focused on a positive view um, of yourself, right? So, you know, when I think of that, I think about what it means to trust yourself and what it means to trust your instincts. Um, Mm -hmm. And that even if something traumatic happened to you, were you operating out of self-trust, right? Were you trusting yourself? Were you trusting your instincts? Um, And if you were, then it's important to create affirmations to help you stay connected to that higher being, right? I just started this, um, I purchased this um, Affirmations for Black Women journal, like maybe back in April, but I hadn't really done it. And then last week I started it. And, you know, I think sometimes affirmations can feel like... um, what's it called? Uh, Manifestation. Um, And some people, you know, may or may not, you know, believe in manifestation. I'm not sure if I believe in it or not, but what I do like about affirmations is that it helps you stay connected to a higher being. It helps you, you know, kind of put out in the universe, you know, whatever it is you need to hear to kind of um, motivate yourself you know motivate where you are motivate where you want to go right sometimes we have to speak certain things out loud um you know so that we can really find a a connection to it and so you know because it's so easy to be down on ourselves um you know we haven't achieved certain you know things or you know we've you know Gotten out of a bad relationship that we should have left a long time ago and we didn't, or all these things, right? That just that can make us feel like in some ways we did it to ourselves, right? That we in some ways deserved these moments of adversity. Um, none of us ever deserve adversity and we're not absolved either, right? So because of that, how do you, you know, continue to find a way to see the good in you, right? The the positive side of you um, that is there, right? There's, but sometimes you have to dust it off and, and show yourself, right? That mm-hmm. although this thing happened to me, this is still who I am. I'm still this person. I just so happened to go through this situation, this, you know, unspeakable circumstance, but like that doesn't change who I am at my core, right? And so, Utilize, you know, any kind of way to create um, that positive view of yourself while you're trying to dust yourself off and, and work through those moments of adversity.
1: The next one is look for opportunities for self-discovery. Challenging times are always provide opportunities to acknowledge growth. So, One of um, my favorites. One of my favorites. I love this because, you know, I always say if I'm not growing, I'm not living. And Mm -hmm. um, that is something that I'm constantly wanting to be reflective of is, again, looking at where I'm at, playing the tape back, where I have come from what i've been able to the knowledge i've been able to gain from all of my different experiences um so i think like this is is definitely important um a part of acknowledging growth is i always try to find again the lesson um, Mm -hmm. or knowledge i was able to gain from an experience no matter how uncomfortable it was um you know even with the loss of my mom I try to find some type of lesson or ways to grow from that. Um, And I think for some people that might be like, what could you learn from losing your mom? But with losing someone who is, you know, such a important part of my self-discovery and who I am and gave birth to me, um, it made me remember just how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. but also how important it is to to live fully and to love people fully. And it also was a reminder that we are all imperfect beings, right? Yeah. And that just because we are not living the life that we want to live today does not mean that we can't do it tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And so to constantly be reflective and constantly reevaluating who I am to myself, but also to those around me and how I can do better um, moving forward. And so I think that that was a valuable reminder, of, mm-hmm. you know, being the the change that I want to see in the world. And, you know, and my mom, again, when people talked about my mom and, and still now they talk about my mom, um, people will say how much she meant to them and what she served for them and things like that. And just yeah. knowing that, she was viewed in such high regard to so many other people, but she didn't see that herself, right? She didn't mm-hmm. have that self-reflection. And so I think that it's it's definitely something that I'm constantly trying to apply for myself, but also those that I love is to constantly look at ways to grow, um, constantly being reflective, playing back that tape. Um and and just finding out what serves you and what doesn't. And and mm-hmm. again, if I'm not growing, I'm not living. And and I want to live. I, I do, mm-hmm. um, especially with all these reminders of people who wanted to live and unfortunately, you know, they didn't get to continue on. Um, so right. I think that, that that definitely has served as a reminder for me. Mm-hmm.
2: What I love about self discovery is like this idea of like curiosity and who I am. Right? That I'm I'm. I'm always because even if I'm not actively looking to grow, I am always in new experiences and new situations and new circumstances. And that just creates opportunities to get to know myself more, how I, you know, managed myself in certain situations, how I failed and flopped in certain situations, how I soared in others, right? So what I love about self-discovery is that it just gives me another opportunity to, like, say, hmm, you know, that was new for you. Like, what was that like? And journal about it. And, and mm-hmm. I, like, just kind of learn about myself. And, and, and it, it, again, we're not talking about relationships. But, again, it's just a reminder to to always stay curious about the people that you're with, right? To never think that you know them so much that you can never, like, learn something new about somebody who you spent you know, a lot of your time with this goes for your kids, your significant others, your friends, your parents, like, you know, there's always room to learn something new about them. Um, And so I love self-discovery for that, for that particular reason. Um, Embracing change. This is, um, I would say it's a new one for me, but I am starting to um, be more accepting of the importance of embracing change, I think more so um, because change has just not always been the greatest. Um, I've not always done well at navigating change internally. I think externally, I make it look like oh, she's good, but inside, yeah. I'm like ugh, like change, yuck, gross, <laughs> you know, you know. And I think for for a lot of it is just I, you know. There is, there is some comfortability with, you know, staying the same, right? Like there is just some comfort in not having to adjust. Um, and while change is always happening, um, there are just moments where certain, certain aspects of change I just do better with and some I don't. Um, but I've been working a lot in therapy on like, recognizing that change does not have to be forever change can be temporary like that's one of the sayings that i'm often like this an affirmation i'm often saying is change is temporary this doesn't have to be forever if this doesn't work you can do some other shit like you don't gotta stay here if it ain't working for you right um and so change is hard but change is also necessary and it's necessary because things will change whether or not you approve, right? (laughs) Whether or not you say, I want that thing to change. Shit's going to just change whether you want it to change or not. Right. (laughs) So embracing that life is change is the only constant in life, right? Things are going to always change. Um, And so I've just been working at recognizing that change is not a forever thing, right? That, that, not that it's not for everything that, that the thing that I'm changing doesn't have, I don't have to stay here. Right. Mm-hmm. If I don't like this new thing that I'm either changing because I want to or change it because I don't have any choices, right. That I can still decide, you know, if this isn't working for me, then I can pivot and be flexible and adjust. And like, that's just part of it. So for those of you who might be fearful of, of change, You know, embracing change can definitely be a skill um, of resilience for you.
1: Yeah. You can pivot once, pivot again, pivot however many times you need to. You
2: need to, right.
1: uh, Yeah. You know, until you find that you're in the place that you want to be. Like I said, with my mom and her road to recovery, she pivoted a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. It was necessary.
1: You know, there's no... One solution, one size fits all for so many situations. You know, we are individuals first. Um, and so just learning that art of pivot and, and being okay with, you know what, this isn't serving me. Let me pivot again. And who knows how many times I'm going to have to pivot. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's okay. Like that, yeah. that's definitely a great tool to have in your toolbox is, mm-hmm. is pivoting. Um, The next one is going to be um, engage in mindfulness and meditation. Uh, So I will say meditation (laughs) is a little bit hard for me. But what I have found is that there's different levels of meditation. There's different levels of mindfulness. And one of the things that has helped me when I am feeling uneasy or feeling triggered is to remind myself that I'm safe. And mm. I do a lot of grounding techniques and um, focusing on my breathing. Um, and I think that 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 definitely can serve a lot of a lot of people and sometimes when people think about mindfulness and meditation they automatically assume you're no you know like sitting there like mm-hmm. i know for like 20 minutes in silence and yeah. it's like and no that, that's not <laughs> the case um sometimes it's just to center yourself and bring yourself back to
0: mm-hmm.
1: look remember this is where you are calm your breathing try to feel, you know, fill the ground where you're at because sometimes you can be so activated that you become in fight or flight mode. Um and I think we talked about this in a previous podcast is when you've had trauma, um sometimes your inner child will be reactive and mm-hmm. may act out in a way that if you were centered and you felt safe, your inner child would not be leading, right? Yeah. Um, And so sometimes that reminder of bringing yourself back, if you're triggered, um, that you're safe. Mm -hmm. And you are able to ground yourself. You are able to react in a more clearer way than you would Mm -hmm. have if you let your inner child lead. Um, Yeah. And like I said before, sometimes my inner child... She doesn't know boundaries and she can get a little crazy. And so we don't want her <laughs> leading in mm-hmm. a lot of different, you know, things. And so, again, that grounding where I could be triggered allows me to kind of just sit, remember where I'm at, remember that I'm safe. Um maybe I'm reacting or feeling triggered in previous situations, but reminding myself that I'm not in that current situation at this time, even though it may feel that way, mm-hmm. I'm bringing myself back to that current moment. Um, and then I'm able to react with clarity and a better, you know, control over myself. Um, yeah. So I think that that's important. And, you know, Whether that be I had some um, clients who use scents, you know, different scents that help them bring Mm -hmm. them back and ground them. Um, Just different techniques, working on your breathing, things like that. Especially if you have suffered with anxiety. Um, I recently had a panic attack at my cousin's house, and I, you know, my aunt and cousin were like, you know, what's wrong? And and I was just triggered. Like it literally was nothing seriously mm-hmm. like we were getting ready for her birthday dinner and I think I was just like overwhelmed and and I started to feel my like myself just feeling like, really hot and my breathing got a little bit heightened and I just felt like literally like overwhelmed and mm-hmm. I just had to sit down and just like center myself and ground myself and and I was able to do that and then come back to okay yeah. for today, like you're good but I think like again these are tools that depending on the situation can be very beneficial depending on mm-hmm. what you're what you're dealing with um, yeah and again it doesn't mean that you're sitting there like
2: huh oh. <laughs> right yeah but <laughs> well, you I, know the, the, <laughs> it does not the other thing about that too though is like i'm reading this book right now about like the brain a little bit and like your right hemisphere brain is all about the emotional reactive stuff so like engaging in a mindfulness practice is going to help to grow that part of your brain or soothe that part of your brain. You know, mm-hmm. our, our left hemisphere is more logical, right? More rational, right? When you're heightened, that part of the brain is, you're not able to tap into the logical, more rational side of your brain. So mindfulness and meditation really can help to soothe the, the right hemisphere, fear, fear of your brain, right? The brain that is more reactive, more emotional. Um, And honestly, you know, mindfulness and meditation, mindfulness is essentially doing one thing at one time, not judging it, not attaching any meaning to it, but you're just just engaging in one thing. So that could be, I'm going to journal for five minutes. I'm going (laughs) to breathe for five minutes. I'm going to, you know, wash dishes and feel the water on my hands for two minutes. Like it doesn't have to be these big things, right? But the more you do it, it's less about doing it uninterrupted it's about doing it and when you do lose focus you recognize you're losing focus and you go back to that activity so yeah. this isn't about perfection right it's just about you know kind of growing that awareness right that we may or may not again it's a, it's a skill right then it's a muscle and if you don't practice it you 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 can't grow it so I definitely understand that meditation and mindfulness can feel very daunting and like up here and like, you know, I can't tap into what's up here, but like, if you just do something like I started off by like just brushing my teeth and noticing, like, you know, noticing the mint taste in my mouth and noticing. And then I would notice that I was thinking about dinner or the clients I needed to see in a few hours. And I was like, okay, turn that attention back to your toothpaste. You know what I mean? (laughs) And your toothbrush. And so that's really what it's about. It's not about perfection, but it's just really about, you know, developing that awareness of that focus on one thing at one time. And, you know, the more you do it and you're and the thing is, you all are probably doing it. and You don't know you're doing it right. This is just placing a name to something that you probably are already doing. So.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Um, seek professional support, right? So that could be a therapist, uh, a life coach, that could be your primary care doctor. Um, you know, that could be a pastor, you know, someone who, um, you know, can help, you know, help you tap into some of the, the, the challenges around resilience. Um, the, the the challenges that you're having around tapping into what it means to be resilient, um, you know. Again, like I said earlier, you know, we need our community, we need our friends and our our village, and sometimes what's involved in that village is our professional supports, people who kind of have the ability um, and the capacity to support us in ways that maybe our friends and our family can't, and that's okay, right? It's okay to. You know, recognize that there are just things that may be beyond people's comprehension and skill level, um, and that you know you you also though have access to things that can help tap into that stuff. So keep keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, limit exposure to negativity. Being around positive people can improve and enhance your resilience. So I always say, if you are going through some type of adversity challenge. Um, know who you're surrounding yourself with because there are people who will pal on. Um, and there are people who are going to be reminders of who you are and what you've been able to overcome and, and talk you through it and acknowledge that it's tough and, and give you empathy, but they're also going to prompt you to figure out how you can move forward. There's also people who unfortunately may not be practicing their own resiliency in their life. And so they will pile on and try to help you stay in that situation, stay in that place of feeling stuck. Um, And so you really want to take inventory of who you are surrounding yourself with, what you are feeding yourself um, during times of facing challenges and adversity. is this helping me um, evaluate the situation? Is this aiding me or is this keeping me stuck? And mm-hmm. if it's keeping you stuck, then you may need to create boundaries in place so you can get to where you need to go. Um, and I think that that's important, right? Um, being mindful of what we ingest, you know, not, mm-hmm. you know, um, physically, but mentally, spiritually, you know, um, what we take in through our eyes, what we hear um, there, you know, it all feeds us in in one way or another. Um, And I always tell, you know, the kids, you know, when you are down on your luck and you're in a bad place, you can find anything to either keep you there or you can find something <laughs> to motivate you to get you out of it. And what you feed yourself is so important. Right. Um, yep. and how you, your mindset of how you want to come out of that is important because, you know, if I want to be in a victim mindset and I want to be stuck somewhere, I can find a song that can keep me there. I yep. can find a movie. I can find a person. I can find an experience. Um, I, shoot, I can look back on my own experiences and make myself a pity party, right? Mm-hmm. I can definitely do that on my yeah. own. So it's very um, important to taking inventory of what you are feeding yourself, because what mm-hmm. you're feeding yourself is either going to give you the energy and nutrients to move forward, or it's going to give you the nutrients to sit your ass right there for a good minute and be, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you can eat, it might not be giving you any substance. Um, so definitely evaluating that is important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then last but not least is journaling. Um, and so what I like is that you can, you know, you can journal traditionally where you're, you know, writing in your journal or your diary, but some of us like video journaling or audio journaling. Um, that can also help you. But but the, the skill around journaling is to help you process, help you gain clarity, um, help you heal, right? I know for me, journaling, again, it's a skill that I don't do as often as I would like. But when I do, I get so much from it because I'm able to kind of get my thoughts in one place, um, I can go back and read. I have journals from when I was in college. And so I can kind of read where I was at that time. Um, so it, it can serve as a reminder of, you know, what you grew from. Um, but just at a, you know, at a basic foundational level, it can just help you kind of gain some clarity, gain, you know, a place to kind of write down your thoughts, heal from whatever challenges or circumstances you may have been in. Um, you know, and and it, it's it's a way to kind of get those thoughts on paper, right? Or those thoughts, you know, out of your head, right? Um, and so I would say for those who want to engage in journaling, um even if you just say I'm going to journal for 5 or 10 minutes, right? That's fine. And 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 that may be too much, right? So maybe you say I'm going to journal for 2, right? Whatever, you know, whatever is going to again If we're talking about building habits and we're talking about really building on these potential uh, tools for for your resilience toolkit, um, keep it simple, right? Don't overwhelm yourself with needing to, because that's kind of what gets in my way sometimes is like, I want to dedicate 15 minutes to journaling when I don't got 15 minutes, you know what I mean? So, you know, pick a topic or pick something that you are going through and maybe just journal for you know, a minute or two, right? Whatever makes the most sense to you um, as a way to kind of develop that skill, um, you know, to help you, you know, again, to help you use it when, you know, you really need it, right? Because there are going to be moments when journaling may not necessarily be, um, you know, if you're journaling for a way to process a, a situation, You know, you may not have situations every day that require, you know, to journal, but like maybe you journal about, you know, you know, something good that happened, right? It doesn't have to always be these, these moments of adversity. But again, when a moment of adversity does hit, you want to have already developed this skill so that it can truly help you in those situations. So, yeah.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, again, this, this toolbox is just some examples. Um, One of the things that we definitely wanted to continue to acknowledge is that your toolbox for resiliency is something that you're going to continuously be building, um, continuously Mm -hmm. adding things to. Um, And again, you want to practice utilizing these different tools, even at times when you aren't needing to be resilient. right? Uh, Because then when you do face adversity or challenges, it comes second nature to apply different of these skill sets and different techniques. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. But like I said, you know, always just being reflective, always trying to see what works for you, what you may need to add. Um, But just, you know, again, being transparent, being reflective, being um, willing to replay the tape. Um, being willing to pivot when needed. That's really what resiliency is. And that's really what the takeaway we want from this episode is that everyone has the ability to be resilient in their own life and their own experiences. And there is no, you know, gold standard of what resiliency looks like and just because someone went through a similar experience and they were able to come out looking a certain way doesn't mean that just because you went through a similar experience and you came out looking a different way that you then were not resilient it's very individualized um and you just want to again continue to replay the tape continue to be reflective learn the art of pivot learning it multiple times if needed um And just not giving up. Like I said, we all life, we are guaranteed to have ebbs and flows. We are guaranteed to have, you know, disappointments, life challenges, facing adversity. And it's really how you go through those experiences and how you come out the other end is really what measures your your resiliency. And so, um, We definitely wanted to highlight that, especially as we go into the holiday season, because Mm -hmm. as much as you see all of these joyous, you know, commercials and things like that about the holidays, um, the reality of the situation is that the holidays are not always fun times for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it can bring a multitude of different feelings and emotions, and that's definitely okay. Um. And it's one of the things that we're going to talk about in these next coming podcast episodes is just different feelings and emotions that may present around the holidays, and how you can kind of continue to build your toolkit to help you get through it. Um, and it's okay if you don't look forward to the holidays. It's okay if when you think about the holidays, it doesn't bring about happy butterflies and rainbow memories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, maybe it brings about grief. Maybe it brings about, you know, someone who previously struggled with addiction. Maybe you are someone who is currently struggling with addiction or mental health or whatever, um, financial issues, whatever. Um, We just want to be a resource of building up people because life is hard. Um, That is one thing that we are guaranteed in living this life is that it's going to ebb and flow. And so anything that we can do to aid in the building up people, um, I think that that's something that is one of the reasons why we created this podcast in the first place is just to bring real voices to real life situations. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on these next couple of podcasts is just preparing for um, the upcoming holidays and, and different things that may be coming up for people when they prepare for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So with that, we are at the end. And so we're going to talk
2: about um, one way we want to soar over the next few weeks. So Devon, what about you?
1: So I think one way I am choosing to store these next couple of weeks is continue to get comfortable within my new role, Um, continue to learn about the company culture and just, you know, who I want to be within this organization, but I also am preparing for the holidays. Um, And so, you know, Um, Halloween is next week and that will actually be the one year anniversary of my uncle passing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I am going to be checking in with my cousins, um, just making sure that they feel supported and loved and, you know, just checking in to make sure that they're doing good. We're going to spend Thanksgiving together. Um, but You know, I know that they're looking forward to celebrating Halloween with their children, Um, but, you know, that still doesn't take away that it's also a reminder of a very tragic loss. Um, So, you know, definitely want to check in with them and just make sure that I'm giving them support, but also giving them space to, you know, be handling it however they see fit. So if they want space, you know, I'll give them space. If they need, you know, extra support, I'll give them extra support. So just kind of allowing them to kind of set the tone, but just knowing that I'm there. Um, And then, of course, for my household, we're preparing for the holidays and we have, you know, these significant losses of my mom, but also we lost Dash, our dog. Uh, Christmas so just preparing the kids you know for for that it will be the one year anniversary for us losing Dash on Christmas Um, so I think like you know again like we have these happy times that we're going to be celebrating and new memories but also acknowledging the people who are not going to be present Um, so just finding the balance in all of that what about
2: you um I would say I want to continue reading this book. It, there's been so many really good nuggets that um, are reminders to me as, um, you know, my son um, is growing this, you know, growing developmentally. Um, you know, I was reading some aspect in the book and I like put a note, like I need to like really remember that when he's frustrated, you know, like it, you know books for me and learning for me is just it especially when when it comes to like his development is like it helps me have empathy for him right mm-hmm. because otherwise sometimes his shit could be a little too much you know but you know when I when I'm learning about the development and what kids who are four years old and five years old and ten year old, ten years old are going through emotionally and developmentally, it does help me have more empathy for him, and it does help me to have more patience. Now I'm not gonna say that I always get it right because I know that I don't. Um, but the more I can learn about where he is, the more I feel like I can. I can have some empathy for him, so I'm reading this book called Parenting from the Inside Out, and I'm I'm almost halfway through it. I've been reading a little bit slower, you know, these last few weeks, but I just have had a lot going on, um, so I do want to finish this book. There's a few other books that I do want to get to. That we we've already talked about this. I, I buy books, I don't read them, like you know, but I do get to them even <laughs> eventually. Um, so there's a few other books that I I really want to get to. Um, there's also just a lot going on in the world recently. Um, And so I am, you know, really trying to, uh, as much as I can, right, be tapped into what's going on. And not just to know, but also to listen to scholars and people who are actually have, like, accurate knowledge factual information about like what's going on in our world right now Mm -hmm. um you know for our listeners you know there's there's lots of stuff going on globally and I think just part of the person that I am it's, it's important to to make sure that that I have knowledge of those things and so um I've already been you know following you know different people who are you know, who are very much so well versed in some of the things that are going on currently. And so I'm just trying to, um, you know, stay connected to what's going on by way of, you know, those scholars who just have a lot more knowledge than the average person who doesn't do this for, you know, their life's work. So I, mm-hmm. I truly value people who have given their life to certain, you know, certain things. And it's important for me to like utilize those voices as a way to kind of learn a little bit more. So that's kind of one other way that I want to soar. Um, and then I have a therapy session next week. So I, you know, am excited for that. Cause I am always, <laughs> my husband was like, you still have good sessions after all the time. I'm like, yeah, because yes. I got, I got some stuff. I'm still trying to <laughs> work through. So, you know, I had had a, a really good session. He was like, you still have good sessions. I was like, I do, I really do. <laughs> so I'm excited for that next week.
1: <laughs> it never stops. Well. It never stops. Yeah. Best of luck reading that book. I'm sure you will get through it and then you will open up a new book. So always learning, always (laughs) growing. We thank all of our listeners for tuning into this episode. Like I said, the next couple episodes will be really focused on um, just acknowledging difficulties for the upcoming holidays and just different tools that you can add to your toolbox. Like we said, you never stop growing. You never stop being reflective. Um, And just building up your toolbox is really a major part of building up that resiliency. And just like I said, life, you're guaranteed ebbs and flows. And so you just want to do everything possible to kind of prepare yourself as much Mm -hmm. as possible for those ebbs and flows and so we thank you guys for taking the time to listen in on us um again you can tune into our podcast on all major podcast streaming um channels as well as the video will be on youtube and then mm-hmm. you can always check out our social media, which is "But What If I Sore." Um, we are on Instagram. We also on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then we also have our individual pages. So I have Social MacGyver on all social media. I have a website, SocialMacGyver.com, and then Dom also has her own website.
2: Yeah. Free to be uh, counseling on um, Instagram, therapy with Dom on TikTok, um, and then my website for free to be counseling services is um, www dominiqueflintlpc org. Um, so check that out. Um, you know, check out our social medias. Reach out to us if you have questions, if you um, need support, if you need resources. You know, we may not be able to directly help you, but we definitely want to, you know, give you some, some, some avenues of support if you need it. So.
1: Yeah, major shout out to that. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I just wanted to kind of because we talked about us both having experience in the EAP. If you find yourself having some, you know, issues or concerns about the upcoming holidays and you are employed, um, definitely tune in to see if your organization provides EAP services. It's a good way to get introduced into mental health, getting connected to a counselor or a therapist, um, while also not having to worry about co-pays and things like that for the initial session. Sometimes you will have like three session models. Sometimes some companies will give you up to 10 sessions
2: that Mm -hmm. are free and no
1: charge. So it's definitely a good introduction into the mental health field. If that's Mm -hmm. something that you're interested in to, But maybe, you know, financially, you money is a little bit tight right now. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a good way to kind of look into that. And there's also other counseling services that do offer support at reduced to no cost, um, Mm -hmm. especially around the holidays. So definitely look into that as well um we'll definitely try to share some um different resources on our social media pages for the upcoming holidays um just as again more tools to put into your toolbox so yeah and thank you again for tuning in and we will see you guys in a few weeks
2: all righty until next time
0: thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be vulnerable together as we soar if you enjoyed this episode and are interested in hearing more from us, make sure you hit that follow button so you are alerted when a new episode drops, and leave a rating and a review below. Our podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We'd love to hear your comments and how you're choosing to soar these next couple of weeks. Interact with us on Instagram at But What If I Soar, as well as on our business pages at Free To Be Counseling Services and at Social MacGyver. Let's continue ascending or gliding even amongst the turbulence.